Hey, uh, Louie and I, Louie, wifey, blind one, um, have been, a couple of months ago, we started giving our uh, humble abode a little facelift. Uh, it was built in 1990, and it showed. Nothing been done since then, so we're just giving it a bit of a refresh. And uh, the first project that we did was um, put some cabinets in our, in our lounge room. Uh, we had our TV, uh, flat panel TV, sitting on a, a cardboard removal box that, 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 that came when we uh, moved back to Perth. And a um, little bit in, uh, unstable, to say the least. Plus, we figured that five and a half years was enough um, for uh, having a, a removalist box in your lounge room at any rate, let alone acting as a faux TV stand. So we got the chippy, uh, Brendan Boston. He's the guy that, that built our new stage extension. We, we trialed him here. Uh, Elevates Auditorium was the crash test dummy, and if he did it good, then he was allowed to come into our house and work. So he did a good job, so we got him in, and, and, he, and he built some cabinets, and uh, we put the TV up on the cabinets and all that sort of stuff. Storage, vertical, that one's for free. And uh, anyway, it's finished, and my brother-in-law, Ilka, came over. Now, Ilka runs a, a makeovers uh, company, doing home, home makeovers, renovations, and so on and so forth. And uh, he came over because he was really fascinated to see the, the, the finished work in our, in our lounge room. And so, so here's the contrast. Ilka comes over, and, uh, and we're standing next to each other, you know, dudes, standing next to each other in our lounge room, and I'm looking like this. I go, what do you think? And, it, and all I'm kind of considering is, it looks nice, hey, everything matches and stuff. And, uh, and Elke, he didn't, he didn't stay standing next to me for more than half a second before he's in there, opening up cupboards, crawling into cavity spaces, looking at, uh, I'm not going to even tell you what he's looking at because I have no idea, but like stuff. And he was, he really, what he wanted to know wasn't how it looked from the outside. He wanted to know how it worked. How, how did they build it? How did they connect things? What did they use? What did they drill things with? What sort of timber they use? What sort of joints did they use? Is it, uh, for me, I just needed to know that it worked. That was it. That's all I cared about. I ain't going to build one. He is. So that's the difference, you see. But for me, that's not really my sweet spot. Uh, handyman stuff. It's not really my sweet spot. And by the way, that's a massive understatement. Um, for me, I just need to know that it works. I don't need to know how it works when it comes to that sort of stuff. The problem is, with handyman and mechanical stuff, is if you don't know how it works, then when it no longer works, you're pretty much stuck. Story of my life. It was a July morning this year, Saturday morning. I'd arranged to go for a bike ride with my good friend Stuart Roberts. And we were scheduled to meet at 7 a.m., which was just sort of the sun appearing in the middle of winter down at a particular rendezvous point, um, the South Perth foreshore. And he was bringing a couple of his homies along, and we're going for a little a couple of his mammal mates along, and we're going for a little uh, a winter morning bike ride. Uh, I, th I think we, I was going to take Stewie for his first ever metric century ride, which is 100 plus kilometers. And so he was pretty excited. I was pretty excited. It was all, was all going to be happening. And uh, so I get up. And, you know, got all my stuff ready and so on and so forth, get up, get my bike out, and I, and I start to wheel it down the corridor, and it doesn't come with me. It didn't wheel. And, like, when you're a bike, that's your job. And it stopped doing its job. And this wasn't good. Now, I have two bikes now, uh, uh, but one of them was at my bike mechanic getting uh, rebuilt 
long story. Uh, I know how to fix... The, so what had happened, this bike that I had at my house, the, the back brake had, had clamped onto the wheel. So wheel, no turn. And um, now the other bike, which was in the mechanics shop, I know how to fix those brakes. They're just sort of like a pretty basic brake. But this, this new bike that I, was, that I, that I had... Um, has got this new proprietary braking system that's like super complicated. It is, okay? And uh, don't judge me. And um, so, so it's about, uh, I don't know, 6.35. And, uh, and, and I'd, I'd, I'd really put all my gear on, right? Now, now, part of why I was excited about this ride, not just uh, hanging out with Stewie, is the temperature was zero degrees. And it's like, but no, but no, but... See, but that's fantastic because that almost never happens in Perth. Zero degrees. And, and see, I've got all the gear. See, what I do is I wait to the end of the, of the UK winter when the online bike retailers are flogging off their winter gear, the European stuff that's designed for European winter, for like 80% discount. And so I get it, cheaper than the stuff from Kmart. And I've got all the gear. I, I don't feel the cold. And so, but I don't get to use it very often. All the layers and the special little fancy cuffs and the thing that you fold up around so you look like a bank robber. And it's oh. so I had it all on, ready to go. Uh, I'd had my, I had my, my, I'd already down my pre-ride uh, breakfast power smoothie. Secret thing, didn't tell Stewie about that. And uh, I was ready to, yeah. Bike wasn't going, and I couldn't do a thing about it. Well, it's not entirely true, actually. I couldn't fix it on the spot. 6.45, clock's ticking. I'm dropping F-bombs like crazy. Louie didn't know what was happening, but she was just hearing me using these adult expressions and uh, freaked her out. Came running out, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong? And I said, edited version, bike not work. And, um, and so she's like, so, so now Louie's a trooper. She knows I, I, I love riding. I was training for world champs at the time, and so it was a, it was a, a thing. And uh, so, so I'm there. I'm trying, I don't even know what I was doing. I'm just, I've got Allen keys and I'm unscrewing this and screwing this and, and uh, my bike mechanic had actually previously shown me how to fix it. I was like, glazed over my eyes. Oh yeah, that looks easy. No idea what he's talking about. And uh, so Louie's on YouTube, uh, <laughs> on the iPad in the kitchen next to me while I'm, she's on, uh, you know, like temperature, right? She's uh, fixing brakes on bikes. What should I search for? I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, I started punching the wall uh, several times. That was productive. Um, and at five to seven, knew it wasn't going to happen. Uh, text Dewey, dude, uh, I'm, not, I'm not coming. You guys ride on without me. When something doesn't work and you don't know how it works, you're stuck because it doesn't work and you can't fix it. Now, just to let you know, my next uh, strategy at five to seven on Saturday morning was to start texting my bike mechanic to see if he could give me some uh, out-of-hours uh, tuition via text. Uh, you know, it's not my responsibility for him to remember to turn his phone off so people don't <laughs> wake him at five to seven on a zero-degree winter's morning. So, uh, so my bike mechanic, uh, who I affectionately refer to as Super Steve, um, who's sitting right here, I might add, second row, Foothill Cycles, Kelmscott, podcast listeners, Foothill Cycles, Kelmscott, Albany Highway, 
Albany Highway, Kelmscott. Christmas is just around the corner. If you're looking for a great gift idea for your family, I highly recommend you go to Foothill Cycles in Kelmscott, Albany Highway. Anyway, um, so, so he didn't respond straight away. Really? I mean, come on. What could he have been doing at five to seven on a zero degree morning on a Saturday? Lousy service, I say. Anyway, eventually he got back to me. He went into the shop early so that I could drive down there and meet him so he could fix up, fix up my brakes before the customers arrived. How good was that? Now, it was still zero degrees, and I've got the gear for the riding, but I don't have the gear for just walking around the street in zero degrees. And I'm at Foothill Cycles, Kelmscott, Albany Highway. Um, it's still zero degrees. And uh, let's just say, if in the next few months you see uh, a TV news report about a, 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 I hope this doesn't happen, but just hypothetically about a, a bike store in Kelmscott like, on fire, if, if the reporter says to you it's suspected arson, it's not. It's Steve's crappiest radiator heater that you could ever possibly plug in has finally, having been manufactured in 1933, has finally died, sparked, and lit his shop on fire. It was so... The company was lovely, but Foothill Cycles, Kelmscott, zero degrees... Not good. Anyway, that's just a bit of a side story. Have you ever got to a, a point in your life or had a time in your life, or had a season in your life where you got so exasperated with something or some things that, that you just found yourself resigned to acknowledging that this ain't working? Be a relationship could be a job, a business, a career issue, could be some health issues, could be finance. The problem is for us sometimes is stuff can break in our lives and we don't always know how to fix it. And it actually makes the problem even worse because the frustration then kicks in and that doesn't solve things either. The genius of Jesus is many things. We started talking about that last week. The genius of Jesus, though. Jesus is called the author of life. The author of life. The good news about the genius of Jesus is that when something in your life and my life isn't working, he knows how to pull it apart. He knows how to put it back together and fix it and get it working again. That's the genius of Jesus. Now, last week, we talked about the words of Jesus and the genius in the words of Jesus, his teaching, the simplicity, the accessibility of it. This week, I want to follow him around on the job because to understand the genius of Jesus, not only do we need to look at the words of Jesus, we also need to look at the works of Jesus. So let me take you back 2,000 years ago. There was a place called the Pool of Bethesda, okay? The pool of Bethesda. And actually what it had become was, it had become a crippled uh, colony in, uh, in uh, the town of Jerusalem. And, um, and, and there was a pool there 
And the way God set it up, it's kind of, you don't know much more than this, but the way God set it up is that uh, periodically, no one ever knew when, but periodically, an angel would come and would stir the waters in the pool. And there was all the, these uh, cripples and, 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 and blind and deaf people nearby. First one in, when the pool was stirred by the angel, got healed. First one in, but only the first one in. Okay? So that's the scene. John wrote about it here. It wasn't a glamorous place. You've got to understand it, right? It didn't rate well on TripAdvisor. And, uh, and, and, and with that knowledge of this not being a very desirable place, enter Jesus. Because Jesus doesn't just go to the places that look great, right? He goes to make the places great it's a transformation thing. I heard the metaphor yesterday. Absolutely brilliant. You know, in some of the older church buildings, they have stained glass windows. You know, from the outside, they don't look very spectacular, right? But they're designed that way. They're designed that you go on the inside and you see from the inside and all of a sudden they look spectacular. Well, that's God's picture of us. We try to look spectacular on the outside. We try to present a great, a great image. We, we, we live in this, this quantified society, this meritocracy where we're judged and valued and even often judge and value ourselves based on, on our productivity and, and our presentation and how we look. And, and, and it, it, it's kind of a waste of time because we're broken. But the genius of Jesus is he looks at us from the inside and wants to do a transforming work. We don't have to get it all right. And so John picks up the story, episode in Jesus' life. Soon after the feast came around and Jesus was back in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate in Jerusalem, there was a pool in Hebrew called Bethesda, which means house of mercy, with five alcoves. Hundreds of sick people, blind, crippled, paralyzed, were in these alcoves. So they were just camped out waiting for the angel to stir the waters, okay? First one in, gets healed. One man had been an invalid there for 38 years. When Jesus saw him stretched out by the pool and knew how long he'd been there, he said, do you want to get well? The sick man said, he didn't know who Jesus was, so he just said, sir, when the water's stirred, I don't have anybody to put me in the pool. And by the time I get there, somebody else, is already in. Of course. Here we have Jesus going to the pool of Bethesda. He wasn't going there to work on his tan. He wasn't going there to swim laps. He was going there as a contributor, not a consumer. Jesus said, I came to serve, not to be served. Our coders elevate church. We take that example. Our code is we're contributors, not consumers. For that very reason, we want to show up like Jesus showed up looking for work. We want to show up to impossible situations like Jesus did. Impossible? Great. This is a job for Jesus. He shows up looking for work. And the thing is, 2,000 years later, he's still showing up and he's still looking for work. Only now, we're his body, the church, and he wants to work through us. It's one of the reasons we had these printed. It's not because we 
want to chop down more trees or spend more money. It's, it's so that you and I can be investing and inviting people who don't yet know Jesus. So yeah, take this. Take more. We've got more at the front desk. This is all about us saying Jesus is showing up looking for work. He's got some people that we know that he wants to meet, but he wants to use us to be contributors into their lives, to invest and invite, invest and invite. Neighbors, family members, colleagues, bosses, community group buddies, fellow students, whatever it is. Jesus is showing up looking for work. It's one of the reasons we board the chairs. It's not so you and I alone have a place to sit. It's so people that don't yet know Jesus will have a place to sit. That's why we prayed over the empty chairs and not just the full chairs. It's the reason our Elevate Kids team are in there every single Sunday morning investing, 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 investing into kids' uh, aged uh, walking to, to uh, year seven because Jesus is showing up looking for work and he wants to use his body, us. And it's also why we're not standing still. See, the thing, the, one of the things about our Elevate Kids team, by the way, at the beginning of the year, we had about 15 kids in, in our Elevate Kids on a weekly basis. Now we're hitting 30 kids on a weekly basis. It's pretty good growth in a year. Business people, hello, 100% growth. Stick that in your freaking profit and loss statement and smoke it, huh? It's pretty good. Jared, sales are up 100%. Good job. Christmas bonus. Super Steve, don't go there on a cold winter's morning. Sales are up. It's a good thing. But they're actually building and prepping to have Elevate Kids hit 60 because Jesus is still showing up looking for work. There's more kids that he wants to meet, wants to transform, wants to lead. Friday nights, I don't know what you do on Friday nights. Let me tell you, we have a team of people here, our Elevate Youth team here on a Friday night. Every Friday night, Friday night, setting up, investing into high school kids, packing down. Next Friday, setting up, investing into high school kids, packing down. Next Friday, setting up, investing into high school kids, packing down. Why? Because Jesus is still showing up looking for work and he wants to work through his body and that's us. There's a guy here, don't want to uh, uh, embarrass him too much. He's, he came in age 13 through Elevate Youth, um, started just checking Jesus out. No church background, nothing, nothing. You want to say unchurched? Unchurched. Definition. And uh, Friday Night Live, Elevate Youth, build relationship, our team investing, investing, investing. He's sitting on the front row. Some of you never even come past the back row. There's a front row? Oh, yeah. And we got, we got one of our Elevate Youth there leading the way in worship, leading the way. Because Jesus is still showing up looking for work and he wants to work through his body and that's us. Today, uh, we prayed for one of our team members. We pray as a team before you guys turn up which in some cases means we could pray till about 10.10 and we'd still get in before you got here. Um, Zodwa is her name. It's a great name. I think it's like one of the best names I've ever heard in my life. It's not a real name. I mean, it's part of a real name. No one could pronounce her full name. Not even her school teacher, which was weird to me when she told me that. But we call her Zodwa. And uh, Zodwa's one of our beautiful Zimbabwean uh, Chiquitas. And um, Marianne, have you used that in a, in a sentence yet? Not yet. I taught her that word last week. She said, I like that word. I will use it in the sentence. You've had a week, Marianne. <laughs> anyway, uh, Zodwa, a couple of years ago, her husband was diagnosed with cancer, and uh, they fought that battle incredibly well. And uh, unfortunately, he, he lost that battle about six months ago. He got promoted to heaven, which is great. 
Um, but, you know, she was a part of our media team before that happened, before his diagnosis. And, uh, and uh, during the time that they were fighting that, you know, she said, I, I need to step back from the team. I'm like, yeah, absolutely, step back from the team. Just, you, you can be a consumer for this season. That's cool. Uh, we'll serve you. And uh, that's how that rolled. Um, and about a month ago, we, we were messaging each other. And uh, Zogba said, Mark, uh, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to get back on the team. Uh, my exams finish on this date. Uh, Rusk me on the next week. And uh, she's sitting there this morning for the first time in uh, this new season uh, as a contributor, not a consumer. Uh, uh, it's pretty cool, huh? Because Zodwa understands that Jesus is still showing up looking for work and that he wants to work through us. So I thought I'd give you guys a little bit of homework this week. Here it is. Throw it up, Zodwa. Oh, man, you're good. Here's some homework. I'm going to just take a moment. I'm going to read it out. You can read it for yourself. Take a, take a screenshot. Write it down. I'll give you some homework this week. I don't know if, if any of you have ever done this. I'm not trying to like, you know, throw you under the bus if you haven't, but try this this week. I'll read it out for the podcasters. So this week, homework. Mark's homework to you. Some of you said last week you were good at taking tests. Here's a chance to prove it. Instead of giving Jesus a list of things to do this week, how about you ask him to give you a list of things to do? I'm going to say that again for effect. I'm teaching good today, class. Good. You agreed. Instead of giving Jesus a list of things to do, ask him to give you a list of things to do. All right. This sounds like the beginning of a joke, but it isn't. A blind guy and a crippled guy were sitting next to a pool. Sounds like the beginning of a joke. It's not. It's the, it's the story that Jesus just came across. You with me, right? So a blind guy and an Irishman. A blind guy and a crippled guy were sitting next to a pool. Guess what? Guess what? When the angel stirs the water, guess who's first in every time? The blind guy. I mean, he can hear and he can walk. He can't see, but, but he can hear and he can walk. So, so, so the blind guy's always got healed. This guy's been there 38 years. He, he's, he's wanting someone to lift him and take him in to the water. Well, blind guy's not going to lift him in. Blind guy wants to cut in line. Because only the first one, only the first one gets healed. So you, so you think about it, the crippled guy, the crippled guy could actually see the waters being stirred. He was actually in the right place. I mean, that was the place of healing, right? He, he actually, th this was the thing. He was actually in the right place. He could actually see where and when he could potentially get healed. But he couldn't ever reach it. Do you think he was frustrated? You ever been in that situation in your life where you can see your future, but you just can't reach it yet? It's frustrating, isn't it? Call it the frustration gap. I'll preach about that one day. Not today. 
Maybe if there's time. There's not time. I meant to have finished. I know none of you want me to finish. The Elevate Kids team want me to finish. They're running out of ideas. <laughs> they stay programmed for an hour. That's what I'm saying. Program for an hour. And then they pray <laughs> all week that I finished preaching in that hour. You ever seeing the potential, found yourself seeing the potential of your marriage, but you just can't quite reach it yet and you get frustrated? Seeing the great destiny God has for your kids, and yet they may be making some unwise choices and they can't see the same thing you see. It's incredibly frustrating. Seeing business opportunities and the, and the, and the, and the dream that God placed on your heart to, 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 to build a business that can glorify Him and bring kingdom finances in through the local church, but you just can't reach it yet because some deals aren't pulling together. Some, some opportunities seem to be drying up. It's incredibly frustrating. Some of you, I know, have a calling on your life that God's given you to actually serve Him with your best hours of every day in a, in a paid ministry. We're all in full-time ministry, but some of you, God's called you to a paid, paid full-time ministry role, and you can see it because you know God's called you to it, but you just can't reach it yet. It's incredibly frustrating. And so here we find this crippled man. He could see the pool. He could see the angel. He could see the waters being stirred. He saw it every single time for 38 years, but he couldn't reach it yet. And then enter Jesus, the author. When something's broke, the good news is, the genius of Jesus is that Jesus knows how to pull it apart put it back together and get it working how he intended it to work in the first place. So this story and finished about the crippled guy who said, sir, I can't get into the water when they get stirred. This is what Jesus said. Get up, take your, your mat, call this guy Matt Man, start walking. The man was healed on the spot. He picked up his bedroll and walked off. That day happened to be the Sabbath. File that last sentence away. I'll come back to that in a second. But here's the great thing. That man wasn't healed because he got up. He got up because he trusted that he was healed. Right? We don't approach Jesus hoping he might love us. We don't scrub up for Jesus hoping that he might accept us we pursue him, we serve him in response to the fact that he first loved us. That's the genius of Jesus. We not only can come to him broken, busted, dirty, not working, dysfunctional, we're meant to come to him that way. We're not meant to fix ourselves up, we're meant to follow Jesus and trust that he will fix us up. Take up your mat and start walking. Now, <laughs> uh, last week I taught about the idea that religion keeps people out. 
it limits people's access to God. There's rules and laws and systems and, and, it, and it's designed for an elite few to have access to God and, and everyone else to get locked out. But the genius of Jesus was a triple A pass, an access all areas pass to God through him, through what he's done, the fact that he came. The genius of Jesus is you and I don't have to settle for religion. We get to have relationship. It's better than religion, right? How, how, many, how many think that's true? Okay, 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 not everyone, all right. Let me throw one more your way if you are not yet convinced that Jesus beats religion. The Sabbath, the Sabbath, it was the Saturday, okay, Saturday. Uh, in this time of the story, um, the whole thing around the Sabbath, the religious leaders got real serious about this. One of the big things about the Sabbath is you weren't meant to work. Now, the objective of God saying don't work on the Sabbath is so that we could rest and, 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 and be in communion, be in, in, have an intimate time to just focus on God in the context of community. That was the objective. But the religious leaders started putting laws and systems and laws and systems and laws and systems on laws and systems. Um, for example, this whole idea of not working on the Sabbath... Um, you were allowed to cook on the Sabbath, but, but only if you used utensils below a certain weight. Because if certain utensils weighed a certain amount, you weren't allowed to pick them up because they were so heavy that that constituted work. Right? So you could use the, the, the bamboo uh, salad servers, but you couldn't use the, the copper ones. Right? Like, what? So things got that way, right? You, that, that's this, this, whole, this whole deal. All right. So... So here we have Matt Man, who's been standing, sorry, not standing, <laughs> not standing alongside the pool of Bethesda for 38 years, enter Jesus, Jesus heals him, he takes up his mat, he starts walking. It's a pretty good day, isn't it? It's a pretty good day if you're Jesus, right? I've said it before, a, a demonstration is better than a description. Oh, I've heard about this, I uh, read about this uh, Jesus. Holy smoke, there goes Matt Man. Wow, right? No cape, but a mat. You can't argue that, 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 that something's happened, that something powerful's just happened. So pretty good day for Jesus, some good PR opportunity right there. And, and not to mention, it's a pretty good day for Matt Man. All right? So he's walking along for the first time in 38 years, walking along... That day happened to be the Sabbath. The Jews stopped the healed man and said, It's the Sabbath. You can't carry your bedroll around. It's against the rules. Really? That's what you noticed? Religion focuses on how far you've still got to go. How far you haven't come. Oh yeah, you might be making progress, but remember when you used to. Oh yeah, 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 okay, great. So that, you know, your, your marriage, Jesus has helped restore your marriage. 
fantastic, but your kids are still punks. Don't forget that. Oh yeah, Jesus might have helped you get out of debt, become financially free. Well done, bravo. You too can get cabinets made in your lounge room. But you still work a crappy job and you're miserable most days. Don't forget that. Really? That's what you noticed? You know the genius of Jesus? is. <laughs> This one is, is probably, I don't know, there's a lot of stuff about Jesus that blows my mind. This, this one's like way up there, maybe top three. When we ask Jesus to forgive us, right? <laughs> His promise is not only will He forgive us, no questions asked. Like, yep, good, yep, done, done deal. He also chooses to forget at that moment. Religion doesn't forget. Religion keeps lists of rules. Jesus doesn't keep any lists of rules. <clears throat> In fact, he actually hands you a new list. I'm going to preach about that next week. <laughs> he takes our broken past and he forgives it, and, 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 he, and he pulls us apart, and he cleans us up, and he puts us back together, and he says, great, now you're working again, let's get to work. And, and, and not only, I'm not going to give you a list of all the things that were broken in the past, because I forgot what they were. We don't forget, right? which sometimes is a good thing, because hopefully it will teach us to not go back and do the same stupid things all over again. But Jesus doesn't remember, he, he forgets. But he, he gives us a, a new list. And it's a list full of all of the things that he saw in us all along. It's a list of our potential. It's a list of our future. It's a list of our calling. It's a list of our destiny. It's a list of his promises. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good exchange, huh? Sin list. Destiny list. I'll teach next week about a guy that used to be called Simon. Sketchy. Not trustworthy. And Jesus gave him a new name, Peter, the rock. Can you smell what the rock's cooking? Yeah, subtle WWE reference. Half of you like... Rock, rocks don't cook. You've got to be here next week. It'll all make sense. Some of you, I want to give you an opportunity now to meet Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity now to ask him for forgiveness. I want to give you an opportunity now for him to tear up that list of stuff that's broken in your life, to tear up that stuff that you've done wrong and give you a new list, a new future, a new hope, a new destiny, a new purpose, a new name, a new vision. 
Some of you need to remember that's what's already happened for you. Some of you have already asked Jesus for forgiveness and, and, and committed your life to following him, but you keep getting reminded by the devil, by friends, by the chatterbox of stuff you've done in the past. I, I want you to know and be reminded today that the genius of Jesus is you've got a fresh start. You've got a new hope. You've got a new destiny. You've got a new power. You can carry your mat around and people can say, don't put, carry your mat around. It's against the rules. And you can say, screw you and screw the rules. I'm following Jesus. I'm doing what he told me to do. He said, get my mat and take it and walk. I don't care what you have to say about the, the, the matter. He said it, I'm doing it. That settles it. Capiche? Some of you haven't yet started following him. We want to give you that opportunity right here, right now. Whatever your background is, the genius of Jesus is just come to him right now as you are and say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want a new start. I want a fresh start. And he says, done. That's the genius of Jesus. So for those of you that have never asked for him to forgive you, never made a decision to follow him, right now when you just put your hand up, you say, yeah, that's me today. And when I see your hand, you can put it down. But you're saying to him, I want to follow you, Jesus. I want your forgiveness. When I see your hand, you can put it down. We don't want to miss anybody. This is the last thing I'm doing this morning. It's the most important thing we're doing this morning. You can put your hand down once you put it up. And then we'll just quickly pray for those of you that, that want to start following Jesus for yourself today. Okay, well, this message has been brought to you by Foothill Cycles, and uh, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about that. Louie. Yeah, good job. Oh, thanks. Well done.